Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray, and I'm here with John today. Hello, John. Hey, Gray. How's life treating you, buddy? Oh, it's going okay. Um, same for you, I hope. Yeah, same for me. Um, I live in North Carolina, for those that may not know, and we are currently just enjoying like five straight days of storms and rain. So, yeah, you know, just uh, life as usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had that last week. Um, so we have become the – it's rather amusing that you and I have become the first two members of this podcast to actually meet in person. Um, yes. <laughs> but, but that is what happened. Um, because we're, we have to go back um, – is it – it's like two weeks now. Mm, yeah. Pretty, uh, two yeah, weeks to the day as weeks. we record this actually. Um, yeah. That – uh, the the first city preseason game, so we have to because we've had two other games since then, and the Community Shield is this weekend, which we will discuss. But we've had uh, the the very first game of preseason was in Chicago. Um, I drove out there. Um, in I flew very long round <laughs> trip. <laughs> I'm closer than he is. For for those of you for for who uh, who maybe are listening from the UK or wherever you're listening from that don't quite have um, a firm grip on American geography. Um, it's a long, it was four and a half hour drive for me. So long, but not the end of the world. Not feasible for you. <laughs> um, no, that would have been about a 13 hour one way. So yeah. uh, we we definitely flew into Chicago, I but um, it, um, it was a good time though. It, it really was. Time. And, um, yeah, yeah. Our 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 listeners are are gonna have to, because you know I don't know how many like pro level soccer games you've been to, but I have not really been to any. Um, and I know that the players, particularly on the Manchester City side in that game against Borussia Dortmund, uh, it was largely populated by an under twenty three side, almost completely populated by an under twenty three side. Um, and so I I know that. We did not exactly bear witness to the finest that the Premier League would have had to offer. Um, but, you know, for those of you who attend these games regularly, you're going to have to bear with us because I certainly found it enlightening in a lot of ways. Um, so, let's uh, first, Soldier Field is awesome. Yes. And I'm loath to say that as a Detroiter whose who sports teams have a natural rivalry with all of the city of Chicago. But... It's the way it is, and unbeknownst to um, to me, I don't know if you were aware of this when you bought your tickets, but we did not know that they were in the club level with the whole indoor, you know, covered, swanky bar setup that we had going there. Yeah, that was definitely a nice little bonus. Um, Gray and I both ended up getting tickets on the. Uh, we were basically above the Manchester City supporter side um, one half the stadium the upper levels were just sealed off so we were on the other side of that for all the listeners and I, I honestly thought that I was in the wrong place when I walked in because yeah like you said it was inside which ended up being a benefit for the game because it started raining and yeah I mean refreshments and nice tables and uh, overall it was quite the experience. Yeah, we, we we were not aware. We just thought we were buying fairly nice seats on the 200 level, and 
It took us like 15 minutes wandering around aimlessly before we finally tracked down an usher who directed us to the right place. And we're like, are you sure? <laughs> um, no, it was... It, it was really nice. Now, um, now, Grand Fortune, though, you came in on the day of the game, so you weren't really able yeah, to partake in the pre-game. I didn't really do anything, um, <laughs> which, you know, it, it, it is the way it is. Uh, the, originally, I had planned to be there for most of the week. Things changed. Life happens, so on and so forth. But, um, you know, I got... I, I didn't get my picture with the, uh, they had the Premier League trophy and the, uh, the Capital One Cup. Or, excuse me, it's the Carabao Cup now. Oh, but it, by the time that, like, however many years sponsorship deal is up, I will just have gotten used to saying it, and then they'll change it to something else. But, I, you know, I know a lot of people got their pictures. You got your picture because you went to, uh, one of the, one of the bars where they had an event for the, for, for uh, the supporter group. I did. Um, yes. I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently the the line at the stadium was crazy. It was and... very long. Yes. Yes. We got and... there. I don't remember what time we got there. I think we got like we got there with an hour and a half to spare, so we had plenty of time. Um, but we we looked at the line, and at first we didn't realize what the line was for because they hadn't had a tent, um, and. So we were just like, what, what are all these people in line for? Like, must must be good. So we we follow the line because the, the, you can stand next to the tent without getting in line. Um, so we, we follow the line all the way down to see what the heck. And, and then then I saw it. I'm like, oh, that's yeah, that's actually a good reason to be in line. Um, but me, I was there with my girlfriend. We did not feel like we we just. We didn't want to, and I'm not like one of those people who like I I want to have a picture with like er, you know everything. Um, would it have been cool? Absolutely, but I didn't feel like standing in line for 45 minutes. So what we did was we just sort of snuck up next to the tent, and while they were waiting for the next, you know, because you could pose between them, while they were waiting for the next person to step up, I just like got like three super up close pictures of them just on their pedestals, and then walked off. Um, which nice. is the second, which is the second best thing I think. Absolutely. I mean, and, and here's the thing is about the, these preseason tours, and we'll talk more about it once we start, you know, kind of doing our game breakdowns. But in my opinion, these are all just about the fans. And because my wife and I, we got in on Thursday midday. So we actually took part in several of the festivities put on by the official Chicago branch. It was awesome meeting those guys. And we actually ran into a bunch of people that we met in Nashville last year. So we have met, um, there's a group called the Heroes of Waterloo that are um, based right there in Manchester. There's a couple friends of ours that are actually from Sydney, Australia. And for those listening, if you follow the official Manchester City Twitter account, yes, it is those same two people that they interviewed, um, Patrick and Tanya from Australia. We met them. Uh, last year in Nashville, got to see them again. I mean, it's just these events are great because you get to really meet all the city people from all over the world. And, you know, there are I saw some social media on Twitter, I guess, from fans in England that were bemoaning the fact that city were playing these preseason games in the U.S. instead of being local, which I mean, to me, I think that's a very backwards mentality. And if you're going to really grow as a soccer brand, you have to go out there 
And sure, I mean, I'm, you know, the local people would like to just be able to drive 30 minutes to go watch City play a preseason game, but that's not growing new fans. By going to new stadiums and new countries and new places, that's how you really expand your fan base. I mean, that's my take on it. What, what about you, Gray? Would you agree with that? Completely. Look, I mean, I know that the you know the the city the city ticket prices are controversial to say the least. And as someone who does not live anywhere near Manchester and does not go to them, I've refrained from commenting on them because I just don't know enough, and I don't really consider it to be you know. I don't want to say my business, but it's not something that I can't. I can't sit there as a Manchester City fan and be like ticket prices. You need to deal with it because I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But what I would say is that um, we, without you know, doing exorbitant amounts of travel, um, we get to see them you know maybe once every two years if we're lucky once a year, you know. Yeah. Because they don't really come around, and even when we see them, it's you know situations like this where it's Riyad Mahrez and ten kids, um, and well, Riyad Mahrez, Claudio Bravo, and nine kids, I suppose, but. <laughs> You know, we, we don't, it's not an opportunity we get. And the reason that the biggest uh, soccer clubs in the world are so big is not because they are so exceptionally popular in their home countries. I mean, Manchester United have a lot of fans, but I would say that there are also a lot of people in England who hate them with everything they have. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it comes down to Asia, and it comes down to the Americas, um, and, and being a well-known club there so and that's you know they make a lot of money off these things i'm sure even if they're not selling out the games um they they make a lot of money they they have a lot of community engagement as you witnessed um and i i understand the point of view that gosh it would be nice if they could like go to bury or oldham or something and play play a nice cute little friendly and, and you know they could tack it in on the end of their tour. That would be great. You know, nice, cheap. Everybody can go see them. That'd be great. But you also get to see them for eight months a year, and we playing meaningful games. We do not, not in person. Exactly. So this is. I I understand, and I would probably feel the same way if I lived there. Honestly, I, you know, not. I I I openly admit that, but at the same time. This was a fantastic experience for me personally, because this is the first time I've ever seen Manchester City play in person in any iteration, even if it's, you know, off a World Cup summer where there's three or four senior players involved. That is the first chance I have ever had to actually go see them. And that meant, you know, it meant a lot to me because it's it's, it's a big part of my life. And it was it was really cool to have that opportunity even if it was just ultimately a very boring, very meaningless, very low-quality game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's no two ways around that. But at the same time, the experience as a whole was well worth it for me. Yeah, I mean, and, and I agree, and I think that the vast majority of City fans at the games would understand that. And, and, and you kind of hit it on the head where you said it's a World Cup summer, Everyone knew that going in, and frankly, I think most people were just there to have a good time and really, you know, just kind of see Mares. And 
Um, if you if you're ready to start talking about the game, Gray, I'm I'm good to go ahead, and we can just jump right into it. Oh yeah. Um, and and we had we both sat pretty close to the field, so we both had a good view of things. Um, and I and 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 it taught me, and I already knew this just from like talking to folks who do go to games regularly, but watching a game live, even of that quality, but you know. The, the 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 players are not necessarily the highest quality, but the the tactics and the style it was all evident, even if it was imperfectly carried out by a lot of guys who who aren't going to be involved in the first team at all this year. Um, but you could see that setup, and it is entirely different to watch it live than it is on television, and you really get a sense of the athleticism that is required of the players. Because you see, you know, we got guys flying with tackles underneath us, and the, and you know the amount of the, the the physical toll that that the strain that that puts on your body. You know, you watch it on TV, and you're like, whoa, that's that's intense tackle. And you watch it live, and it's on another level. Everything, you know, just seeing these things in person, the way the ball is struck, because there was um, and there was that Mara's free kick at, at the end of the first half, which was. Best scoring chance of the entire game. Um, that happened. We were sitting basically right near that goal, so we had a great view of that. And you, you, for all the slow motion replays of free hicks like that you see over the course of a season, just watching it in real time as it's swerving and dipping in every direction, it seems like it's going 100 miles an hour, even if it isn't. Um, and the other thing that struck me was when they brought Sané on in the second half, and it—I know it wasn't because I, you know, part of it's the, the 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 feeling of being there and you're kind of getting caught up in everything, and part of it is the, the level of opposition, and he was far and away better than pretty much every other Manchester City player who was on the field at that point. But it was like watching the fastest man in the world run up and down the field. Um, yes, <laughs> that's what it, it felt like because it's like, oh my god, you know, because you can watch. It's it's another thing that you can watch on video a million times, but until you see them run in person, it's like, oh my gosh, how does anyone ever stop that? Yeah, and and that was the two things that stood out to me most about the game that were in the positive category, and you know, I think that's kind of the way that you can view these is you can look at it. Okay, what was the positives? What were maybe the negatives? But Sane's ability was by far, I think, my number one positive. And it, I've seen this you know, put out there on social media a lot, and I kind of agree with it now, where the fact he did not play in the World Cup may actually be a blessing for City because his legs were fresh, and they looked it on that field. Yeah, I think it's going to help them immensely because um, especially the way Germany's campaign went, um, frankly, I think it has actually increased his stature in the game. Even if I don't, I truly don't know if he would have helped them. I think they could have used someone with his skill set, but you know, I don't know that one guy would have turned around that entire German World Cup campaign anyway, in any meaningful way anyway. But I think it has elevated his stature just by the fact that he wasn't involved, and a lot of people now agree he should have been involved, and that can suddenly do a lot for someone just by virtue of doing nothing, basically, because mm-hmm. it, it makes you look better and more important by comparison. So I think that's elevated him beyond the obvious fact that he's going to be fresh, and I think he's going to be motivated, because 
he seems to be taking this the right way in that he could have sulked and he could have, you know, hand, done, handled everything the wrong way. But instead, he's, you know, this is a guy who has one or, at least probably one or two more as long as everything goes well. He'll be in another World Cup. He'll be in probably two more World Cups at least. So he, I think he knows that. And I think that he's, you know, it's reaction more or less, your loss, I'm going to show you what you missed. And that can only benefit the, us as a club. Um, because if, if you have a guy, and not to mention the fact that Mares looks like a direct competitor for playing time, so he has all the more reason to be a, a little bit incentivized to, 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 to play well this season. Because I think the one thing with Leroy Sané that hasn't quite come yet, um, beside the physical talent, which is still going to get better, as well as the mental side of his game, which is all still going to get better because he's still so young, um, is the fact that, and this is common with players his age, he's still really inconsistent because one week, you know, he'll look like the best player on the pitch, and then the next two weeks he will look completely anonymous, and then he'll play three more blindingly brilliant games in a row, and he goes back and forth. Like I said, that's common for a guy his age. He's, what, 22, 20-something ridiculous? I think 20, yeah, 22. I think he's turning 23 sometime soon. 23 next January, so yeah. Okay, next January. Um, so yeah, he's, you know, it's it's not uncommon for... If, if you're expecting a 22-year-old to walk in and be the consistent star of your team, you're probably going to end up a bit disappointed, but he can absolutely take over games, which he has done. So mm-hmm. I think that that consistency is going to be the last thing that comes, and once he once it does come, I think you're looking at um, not to say it, you're looking at a potential Ballon d'Or candidate when when that oh, yeah. comes together. Um, so, but just watching him because in a game like that, you just sort of like feed hungrily on any scraps of quality that you get out of it. Um, him and Mares stood out for me. Mares wasn't always involved, but when he was involved, he looked very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's what I was going to say is kind of my my second positive, which you touched on, was Mares and and his ability. And I think the positives that that Mares showed on the field kind of allowed Pep to do some creative things, specifically against the Liverpool. And then later on against uh, Bayern Munich, where he deployed Sané in particular. So um, I, I think we can come back around to that later on once you start talking about those games, which we were not at. We watched those on on TV, but you know we'll still touch on them. Um, kind of refocusing on the Borussia Dortmund game, I think one of the kind of things that stood out to me on the negative side, though, was that the young defenders, I don't think any of them are quite there to really push for first team playing time consistently. I think the one name that most people were looking to see how he would perform is Zinchenko. And it's it's kind of always been my opinion that he's just playing out of position at left back. It's pretty clear that he wants to be in the middle of the field. He's a much more attacking player. And watching him go up against Christian Pulisic, Pulisic, however you actually pronounce that that kid's name, uh, you know, Pulisic roasted him at least twice in that game and really made life difficult for him. 
Um, so I think Zinchenko's kind of he, – he still is a question mark on the defensive end. Um, you know, did anything stand out about, about that to you, man? Yeah, he got destroyed by, by Pulisic, <laughs> honestly. Um, and Zinchenko's a guy that I've – you know, I'm not sure what his best position is. I don't think it's left back or left wing back or whatever you want to classify it as. Um, but it's, it's – I, th- I think in the end, Zinchenko might end up being one of those guys that's good enough to be a Premier League player, but not good enough to be a Premier League player for Manchester City. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I, I think, and given their apparent willingness to sell him for about $16 million this summer, even if it didn't come to fruition, I think is, is evidence that City kind of feel the same way. Um, you know, and what, what they've been doing lately, just like these guys who are like, oh, I'm not sure they'll make it, sell them. Stick in a buyback for later, and um, and and make it happen. Um, and I I think that I think that they are kind of on the same page there. I think, you know, there's people talking about him for the deep lying midfield role that Jorginho was supposed to fill. I'm not sure he's up for that either at the highest levels. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he has some talent, but I'm also just not sure that his long term future lies with the club. Um, yeah, I, 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 you looked at the defense, there wasn't a ton back there. I thought Eric Garcia was, you know, for a 17-year-old, good, well, but yeah. not, and, you know, not, he's not a guy who I don't think is super close to the first team right now. Well, I think he's probably, if you had to ask me who I thought would develop into a consistent first teamer, it'd be hard not to pick him, yeah, with, which at the with at the age of 17, I mean, that's that's pretty incredible if you actually think about it. It is. He held up well. Um, he was the, un, I think he was the under-18 player of the year at the club last year, and you can see why. Um, mm-hmm. I think he has the highest ceiling of anyone who was, who was back there. Um, you know, Denaire wasn't bad, but you can see why he never made it. Um... Foden was I thought, okay. Yeah, Fod- I don't think either Foden or Diaz were particularly good, and I think part of it was down to what was around them, and part of it was down to it was the first preseason game. Um, yeah, I it wasn't. It, I don't yeah. think it wasn't necessarily red flags, but at the same time, neither kind of took control like maybe you were hoping to see them as a city fan. But at the same time, it's not like either of them necessarily took something away from the game. It was just kind of meh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they were both much better in the uh, later two preseason games, I thought, as yes. well. So it's, it's just, again, they're 18, 19 years old. You are not going to get a consistently world-beating talent at that age unless you're you know, playing with someone ridiculous like Mbappe or what have you. Um, but they're, they're just not at that level, and that's okay. Most people aren't, and that doesn't mean that they, you know, they, they can't be really good players. And I absolutely think that they are the two players that, um, uh, that stood out to that have always stood out to me as having the potential to actually make it at the club and be legitimate first teamers. Um, you know, was I hoping to see a bit more of them? Yeah, of course I was, but it's not the end of the world that I didn't. You you kind you have to take in a lot of a thing a lot of things into account on. Um, in a game like that, because it's the first game. Even if you have played, you know, all kinds of football in your life, uh, playing the first game of preseason is still very much a getting up to speed experience. Um, so it's not something that's going to concern me going forward. No. Um, 
And I'm with you. And and we'll see how they play in the Community Shield, you know, which is the game coming up on Sunday. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. And really, as far as the rest of the Bruce Dorman game, I mean, I sent you a text immediately afterwards that said, wow, that was boring. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was. Uh, I mean, it was. And, I, you know, I wasn't expecting my I, I, the only thing I said was that I hope we score and we didn't. But whatever. Yeah, I did get to see Joe Hart before they sold him. That was interesting, and that was kind of nice in a weird way. Yeah, um, because you know. he was such a big part of everything up to Pep's arrival, and you know, a little bit of cheap nostalgia for the masses. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, are you good to go on to the Liverpool yeah, game? Let's then? talk about. I mean, I don't have a ton of reaction to Liverpool game aside from Mo Salah's really good. Sadio Mane is really good, and yeah. I thought that the young players actually acquitted themselves very good against, very well against what was a, a pretty senior-heavy Liverpool side. Um, yeah, but that's about um, all you can take from it, I think. Well, I think Mo Salah is good at scoring offsides goals against Manchester that's City. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I forgot that, that, was... that was. I mean, it's, it's preseason for the refs too. Yeah, I know, and they're you know it, it was kind of it was funny. I say that, but I'm also not sure it's going to get better. So, well, you know, it, it was just odd that everyone complains about VAR, and then and on that one instance, it was like, oh, this is why VAR exists for mm-hmm. things like this. <laughs> so it's that was just those, interesting. I think it's one of those you don't know what you've got till it's gone situations. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and and I'm right there with you, Gray, where I think the number one takeaway from the Liverpool game was Liverpool played, I would call it roughly a C-plus team, you know, C-plus, B-minus in that area, while City played. It, it was a League Cup team is what I would call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, you know, and they had a, a good mix of their young players along with some guys that are actually going to see the field for them consistently during the Premier League campaign. And meanwhile, City, again, I think the only guy that you can say is definitely going to see time that started was Riyad Mahrez. Um, Now, when City and Liverpool both brought on their more first-teamers in the second half, I thought that, frankly, um, uh, I thought that Silva, Bernardo Silva, whose name was escaping me there for a second, sorry, everyone, uh, the 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 combination between him and Sané was kind of I think a short glimpse as to what Pet may be trying to tinker with during the upcoming season because once those two players came on Sané kind of played in that false nine and I don't recall him playing that at all last year Raheem Sterling played it every now and then but I don't recall Sané ever doing it do, do, could, would you I, remember a time I don't. And I think it's a sign that um, Guardiola has made no secret of the fact that he might be employing the three-five-two a bit more as long as Mendy's fit, which he wasn't for almost all of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, which is going to require them to get creative, because if you're playing three defenders, that sacrifices, in all likelihood, um, one of the wingers that they had used extensively last season, which mostly Sané and Sterling. Um, Possibly both wingers, if you are using that as an excuse to get Aguero and Jesus on the field at the same time. So, that is going to require some creativity on his part as far as the personnel goes, because you have three at the back, 
um, which I would assume most of the time is it's, it's going to be some combination of company, Stones, Otsumendi, and Laporte. Um, your two wingbacks are going to be Mendy and Walker. And then you, that leaves you with five other players. Three in midfield, two of them pick themselves in Silva, David Silva, and De Bruyne. Um, and then I would say a third in Fernandinho. So that's three. Leaves you with two spots to figure out what to do with Aguero, Jesus, Sterling, Sané, Mares, uh, Bernardo Silva. You can play him centrally, too. But mm -hmm. I think that you're going to start... I, I think that if Guardiola is serious about the 3-5-2, which I think he is considering he openly wanted to use it more last season, it was just that Mendy's injury prevented him from doing so, um, then you're going to have to see guys like Sané as a false nine or Sterling as a false nine, which he's played before and he played at Liverpool. Um, uh, Mares as a false nine. Interesting... Things like that, I think, you're going are going to happen, and I think that there's going to be a lot of interesting formations this year, and there's going to be some times that some really good players are left out um, to accommodate that tactical setup. So, I'm 100% sure that was a conscious choice, and I do think it was done with that in mind. Yep, I mean, I'm, I completely agree with you. And then another youngster that stood out in Liverpool that. I think could, you know, challenge for maybe a spot on some of the cup um, teams was Luke Bolton, who had one of the highlights of the night when he absolutely roasted Firmino um, on the sideline and put in a beautiful cross that unfortunately, I forgot who was playing striker, it might have been um, Nemecha, um, but he, the, the, the cross was right where it needed to be at the near post and just no one was there to slot it home. But uh, Bolton really played well against Liverpool and even in the second game against um, Bayern as well. Yeah, he's built. Like, he's really yes. built. Like, he doesn't look like a winger. Like, the stereotypical winger, that is. He looks like a fullback. Um, but he's fast. He's fast. Um, only 18. That's a guy who, you know, he's got a long way to go, but he's got a couple England under 20 caps already. Um you know, you can you can see the raw skills on display there, and that's 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 what you're looking for at that stage of at that stage of their development. Okay, what do I have to work with, and can we work with it? And I think that the answer there is absolutely. There's something to work with. There's real talent there. Um, good right foot. Um, he, he always stood out. He's, even in the Dortmund game when nothing was happening, he was still. You know, I think he got nutmegged once or twice. It happens. Life happens. But there was a constant desire to get forward and try to make something happen. And that seems like such a small thing, but it's not really. Because, you know, it would be very easy for someone of his stature, of his young age in a game like that, to just sort of uh, focus on handling the defensive duties and, 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 and try to leave the creative duties to the more experienced, more attacking players. But no, he's getting up, getting down. Um, I like him. I think there's I think there's a future there. I'm not sure, you know. He's got a long way to go. Even longer, I think, than some of the other guys that we've talked about here, um, just by virtue of his age and 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 uh, and the fact that he he hasn't really been involved in the first team up to this point. But I liked what I saw. Um, yeah. And I know I know you mentioned Bernardo Silva. I thought he was great in both those last two games. Um, but. 
that you know that that's that that's about. I, I don't remember a lot else about the Liverpool game aside from the fact that it was oddly refereed and that's putting it and, lightly. And and, <laughs> and as one would expect, our very young defense had a very hard time coping with one of the best forward lines in the world. And I don't yeah. really have a problem with that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, it was it was kind of funny to see the the social media. Um, some crowing going on from Liverpool fans, and it was just kind of like, okay, I I don't I don't know why this is happening, but congratulations, you beat our I, academy I would, team. I would not have said a word seriously if we'd beaten them honestly. No, I know it's fun for them, but whatever. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's Liverpool, um, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is, and you know, I mean, it was to 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 see. Uh, Sané just roast Virgil van Dyke was, you know, chicken soup for the soul right there. Yes. So um, yeah, let's let's yeah. talk about Bayern, which I think was the most fun game of the preseason. Oh, by far. By a long shot. Um, another game where Bernardo Silva was all had his stamp all over everything. Um, and and. I, I, I would I would also say that you know it it showed the more the the more first team players got involved the more you could say oh yeah we're fine there they are no big deal oh yeah um, <laughs> I mean the yeah that that was a game where if you only watch the the first half I mean it, it was a very strange game because City looked to be the dominant side especially early on. And then all of a sudden they're down zero two, because uh, Bayern were clinical on a counterattack that just no one was there to defend across one zero. Aryan Robin is still Aryan Robin. Exactly. He's he's got you know Despite one. The fact that he's eighty years old. <laughs> at least, um, and you know Bayern were just more clinical, and so that's kind of been I think sometimes a criticism of some of the Pep teams that try to focus so much on possession is possession's great, but you have to do something with it. And if you don't, you can face what happened to the team against Bayern where they were playing better, but were down 2-0. The goal right before halftime, I felt was a big time kind of relief to everybody. I think that the fact that they were only down 2-1 at that half kind of showed that there was a reward for how they played. And then in the second half, it was just the Bernardo Silva show, which, wow, he's he's really showing what type of player he can be. And to see him in that midfield role, I think that's where he needs to stay. I don't like him out on the wings. I think you put him in the inside and let him be molded and learn from David Silva. Yeah, and I think that is the position that he will ultimately end up occupying once Silva, the other Silva inevitably moves on, which is probably coming within two or three years, much as we hate to admit it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guy was great at Monaco. He was a huge part of a title-winning squad. And, and it does, you know, for all the jokes about the French League, it does take some doing to beat PSG to the title, which they did so. Um, so... You are looking at a player who is very accomplished, um, has a ton of talent. He's still young. Um, you know, you're, that's a guy who's 
get the exact age. He's, he's still 23. Twinkle Darter's 23. He's 23. He turns 24 a week from today. Okay. So that's... I, I think he seems like a guy who should be older than that, but he's not. And the upside is there for all to see. Um, he's, he's just an outstanding player. He can do so many things. He's very creative. He can score goals. He scored some big goals for the club last year. He scored the, uh, the only goal against uh, Chelsea in the home game at the Etihad. So... That that's a player who's going to be a huge part of the future. And there was a settling in process last year, as there inevitably is going to be for new signings, especially when they're entering a new league. Um, it took him a while. There was so much talent that he had a hard time getting a look in for a while, which is you know inevitably going to happen on a team like that. You have to earn your way into the eleven. But once he got the chance to play, he showed what he can do. And I think that you know we're entering year two. He has settled in. He knows the style of play. He knows what is expected of him, his role, his teammates. Um, and I think that with the lack of changes at City this summer, there's two ways to look at it. You can say, oh, it might get stale. But I think more likely is that these players already are all on the same page. There's not going to be much of a betting-in process except for Mares, the only new signing to this point, and I think will probably end up being the only new signing. So... I think you're going to see things like that, where you have these guys who came in last year or what have you, have gotten here to settle, and they've gotten here to get to grips with Guardiola's demands of them, which is not an easy thing to do. And now that they're there, I think, honestly, we will see some improvements this year from last year's summer signings, and I think Bernardo Silva is going to be the poster boy for that. I mean, yeah, he's, he's my leader right now for biggest jump uh, from last year to this year. And I know probably Leroy Sané is, is, is in that list for a lot of people. But to me, I think because Sané played so well last year, I think even if he takes it up another level, it won't be as large of a jump as we could potentially see in Bernardo, where he went from not really being a first-team selection all the time to I think this year he's really going to make that case where he needs to be on the team sheet way more often than not. And trying to think, you know, really about that Byron game, if there was anyone else. I mean, Eric Garcia played well again. Um, I think he was, we've already talked about it, I think he was the most consistent of the young defenders, even at the age of 17. He, his potential is really out there. Uh, it was a scary moment in the first half when Mares went down with that ankle injury. I kind of freaked out a little bit <laughs> just in my home yeah uh, i was you I know freak out until i saw him leave on crutches and i was like oh for pete's sake you're really gonna do this to us yeah <laughs> but it looks like he's okay so yeah and and that was a big positive is it is everything looks to be I thought, like it came out all right so that was good um you know i i think overall it, it was a pretty successful preseason campaign as much as you can during a world cup year uh, City did not suffer any major injuries. It wasn't as if they got flat out embarrassed in any game like a certain other team from Manchester did during well, at least one of their preseason games in the U.S. So I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't pay to watch your games either, Jose. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I would ask for money back. You could I could, pay I could me. spend a half hour psychoanalyzing Jose Mourinho's preseason behavior. I'm not going to Oh, lie. my God. It's, yeah, it, it is out there. But, um, 
yeah, I, I just think that overall, you know, it's it's I'm ready for this season to to begin. I feel that the players are. I feel like the coaches are. And we'll see how they do in the Community Shield, which is, like, like we said, coming up on Sunday. Have any inclinations on that one, Gray? Any kind of I'm feelings not, one way or the I'm other? I'm not particularly expecting much. I have no idea who's going to play. Um, Chelsea already looked like a sorry ball team. I honestly think they might win it, just because of the fact that they are going to be a little bit more close to full strength. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know... I, it's, a, it's another thing you can't draw a lot from. The City, I believe, have lost their last two times in this competition, mostly because they played under strength squads. Um, well, no, and truthfully, me. who cares? Yeah, I, I, I genuinely, no one's... The Community Shield is one of those trophies that it counts as a trophy if you win it, but if you lose, it doesn't. Um, yeah. Basically. And, and, and even then, I mean, if, if City do not win another major trophy. I mean, even the FA Cup, It you know, if, if City do some, somehow win the Community Shield and that's their only trophy, that's that's not that's a, a successful a season. season. Yeah, yeah. A, no, one, <laughs> no one goes into the season with the goal of winning the Community Shield. Um, no. So if they win it, great. I'm never going to complain about City winning a trophy, real or imagined. Um, but... It's not, you know, I'm I'm not, I don't know who's going to play. I expect that we will see a very unique mixture of some of the more experienced senior players and some youth guys. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I think you may see, like, Emmerich L- Laporte may be in there. Um, I really don't know who else would start at center back alongside of him. I think you will see Zinchenko on the wing again. I think Sané may actually start. I don't think he started a single um, game in the U.S. I think he came off the bench for all of them. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, same thing with, Bernard, with uh, Bernardo Silva. I think he came off the bench. But I think those two may start. Maybe Gabriel Jesus will play at striker. I think he joined the team. They announced that he did sign his new contract, new contract through 2023. Yeah, yeah. Almost all the big pieces signed up for long term. I think Sterling mm-hmm. and Son are the only ones still outstanding there, which, which is um, great news. Yeah, and and I'm not worried about either of those. I think I'm not the, either. There's been a lot of noise about Sterling's contract. I suspect some of it is his agent making noise, and some of it is you know, I think there's there's some negotiating going on through the press. But in a situation like this, when the club want you to stay and the player has shown no inclination of wanting to leave. When that's mutually agreed upon, these things usually get done. So yeah, and and even then, I mean, if for whatever reason, I, I, I it does not get done. If that's just a worst case scenario, I don't see this being like a Yaya Torre situation where there's some messy breakup there. I think, you know, I I don't see any reason why Sterling would leave. But even if he did, I think the the club would kind of wish him well, and everyone would move on to the next phase. So yeah, so. that's honestly, we'll see how it goes. I'm not expecting much. I just hope for a good game and no one gets hurt. Yes, that's the, the number one thing. Um, just trying to get to the first week of the actual Premier League season when the games really officially count. <laughs> yep, um, that's about all I have. We have. Good preseason, really enjoyed going to the game. Um, so unless you have anything to add here... Uh, I do not. Just, um, you know, for all, all the people listening, we will try to get more regular with the podcasts. 
at, at some point in time, we will try to set down a full schedule. Um, you know, unfortunately, the one of the member of our trio, Josh, he does have um, some medical things that have popped up. Josh that, has a lot know, going on all the time. Yeah, he, he does. And, you know, and and I'm certainly very busy. Gray is certainly busy. Ohio this State is a labor of love placing to this podcast. That's why we do not ask for any sort of you know, Patreon or anything like that, because I mean, it, it, it's, it's not the, the purpose is not for that. We just want to talk about Manchester city and hopefully have a couple dozen people that enjoy hearing us do it. <laughs> Pretty much. So, um, yeah, once the season's underway, I expect things will be a bit more regular and the season is about to get underway. It seems like such a short summer, but, yes. um, well, thank um, you, EPL, for starting two weeks before everybody yeah, else. Thanks. thanks. Yeah. Can't, can't have that winter break, though, at least not the way everybody else does. No. Nope. Um, so, for John, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening. Um, enjoy the game, everyone, and uh, oh. we'll, so, some iteration of us will be back next week to talk about how and preview the actual meaningful season. Um, so, thank you for listening, uh, and we will talk to you again soon. I'm Gray. That's John. This has been the American Citizens Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at America Citizens. Search us on iTunes as well. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.